There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's time to start the podcast. It's time to hit the mics. It's time to start the podcast with Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs. Welcome to episode eight, everybody. Make some noise, huh? Yay! We got people here. We got Moon, P. Jug, and Hobbs soon to arrive. Uh, but in the meantime, we've decided to bring in a heavyweight entertainer. Uh, last week, we had two guys with no legs. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Who was on the week before that? Oh, the drag queen. <laughs> uh, right, that dresses as a nun. And so this is like the freak show. So I thought we'd bring in my buddy, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> to get ready to do the podcast episode eight, which you should like and share. If you want this thing to go anywhere, I told Doug, I got a little surprise for him. I'm going to whip that baby out here in just a second. Uh, this is a, this isn't a visual thing, right? This is not big <laughs> that, I, that I'm whipping out and P jug. Nice to have you on the show again this week. Thank you. Yeah. Cause last week we had the guys with two legs were, uh, you know, P jug and Hobbs. And, and then there's G-Man in the background. What up? What up? Here's what I want to do, Doug, because I was listening to Spotify right before we came on. And you happen to play music. Uh, you do uh, the car business as a real job. But how many years have you been playing bars and clubs in town? I think I played my first bar gigs when I was 15. And I'm so that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have your guitar in your in your work I area? Don't. I don't. You know, I was gonna go grab it, but I, I got busy with the job that actually sends me remuneration, and I was not able to grab it. Damn, because that was supposed to be the first twenty minutes of this podcast. Oh, oh yeah, me playing? <laughs> no, you're not that. No, that's what I wanted. Here's what I wanted to do, dude, and see if you could have even done this. And we can always bring it back and try it again. Okay, so in Spotify, you get your daily mix playlists yep. or whatever. And so I just flipped one on and then I, I looked at it and I thought, he's a musician for the love of God. I'm going to see how well he knows some of the artists that I like that happen to show up on my uh, playlist. You want to hear what you, you would have had to play for me? I would love to hear. So I'm guessing it's like six hours of Jimmy Buffett tunes. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett was number one. <laughs> Odd. All right. The Hollies. Oh, yeah. You can do that. Well, I can't sing like those guys. I mean, come on. That's Graham Nash, right? Jimi Hendrix. Oh, sure. I can sing just like Jimmy. So he's one of the reasons I started playing, you know, in 1972. All along the Doug Tower. Yep. Sugar Ray. Uh, I don't know that I could play that one. 
How about Boston? No male can sing as high as Tom Scholz. I mean, that's just, or, or Brad Delph, I guess, was actually the singer, right? And didn't he die? Uh, he did. He did. Sadly, I think he he uh, took his own life. Wow, yeah, that's a happy story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, way to way to uh, just get the podcast off to a roaring start. We're <laughs> talking about fatal diseases or maybe some like amoebas eating people from the inside out or other cheery topics. Hello, hello. I was working that, you know, that demanding day job thing. Here's what we've been kind of talking a little bit about is music. I listened to a Spotify playlist and I ran down all of these songs and I thought Doug had his guitar and I was going to have that, you know, a little jam session. Yeah, I was going to play Boston and Jimi Hendrix and, you know, maybe Beethoven's Fifth. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a cool music story, though, that I think you might find interesting. Okay. You know, my wife is really a great singer and we spent the winter recording a record in our home studio you know because the other option was to drink vodka and watch bob's burgers for five months which really is great because there's only 10 seasons so you'd you'd max out probably by christmas um and one of the songs that we did on there a year a few years back we all got together and encouraged her to try out for the voice i mean she's really a great singer she's one of those people she opens her mouth and people go holy crap, she's really good. She finally screwed up enough courage. They had a sectional auditions at the convention center and there's 8,000 people there. And I kept asking her, what are you going to play? What are you going to sing? Because you get about, you go into a room in front of a judge who's like 20 and with 40 other people and you get 30 seconds to sing something a cappella is the way it works. So she picked one of my favorite artists, uh, Leon Russell, on a song called Stranger in a Strange Land, which is a total rock move because there's not a 20-year-old on the planet that's ever heard that before. I mean, it was written in 1971, and she never made it fa- farther than that. But I, I, was, I thought it was cool she had the courage to do it and then to do something really totally great like that. So They just had the finale of The Voice. We just watched that, and we watched American Idol this year, and I didn't even want to admit that to anybody. I, we watched The Voice pretty religiously, and Cam was the guy we were pulling for. I thought it was either going to be him or there was a, another black woman who got bumped, I think, a week or two before, who sounded like a cross between Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston. I mean, they were they were really head and shoulders above the competition, at least we thought. We we like to be catty and go make fun of them. And it's like, wow, a little pitchy there. Do you call that a dance move? Woo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Okay. So on American Idol, when they got down to three people, it was obvious that two had these voices that were off the hook. Nobody, I've never even heard Carrie Underwood or Kelly Clarkson perform that strong. And then they picked this other dude. You remember that year, Philip Phillips one? It was that kind of a storyteller, kind of a vibe. It wasn't, but these other two, one uh, happened to be a kid from Georgia with the huge voice. Oh my God. Uh, Ruben stuttered part two, uh, only way better. And then this girl named Grace, she was 20 years old. I mean, she has a massive voice. I'm almost glad that that part of the you know television season's over and that we're getting into some new stuff. And we've been all digging the same thing, which is louder milk. Doug, you're a fan as well. My saddest day in my life this year was Monday when we la- watched the last episode. It's like, oh. darn it. Uh, I know a couple of nerds in another state that are louder milk fans. Listen to this. Okay, the show can be kind of dicey. They got on uh, Messenger and they queued up season two, episode nine of Louder Milk. And then they did a countdown and hit their play buttons at the same time. 
every time the F bomb was dropped, they took a bong hit. <laughs> they only made it like seven minutes. Do you, do you want to put on the Groucho Marx disguise at this point? <laughs> no, no I have, it's just a couple of dopey friends of mine. But yeah, I was really super bummed. Now they're saying that, that it's going to have another season. Uh, I don't know when Ozark will be released or uh, what, what's another one. Yellowstone's got some more to go. We All we do is watch TV. At, I mean, we're getting around more than we used to, which is nice. But other than that, things are great. Tiffany, can I ask you a question? Hobbs. Hobbs, oh, yeah. I'm Hobbs. Sorry. I'm Hobbs. Yeah, I know. Well, I have I to know. edit that part out. I know. <laughs> I'll never get a job where I actually get to use my real name. It's just not going to happen. No one will ever pay for that. What are the crowds like? Are they? I assume they're pretty appreciative. They're super appreciative. I'm actually doing a show tonight. It's starting to come back. Although I had a weird gig last week. Last week, I because of COVID, I had been approached uh, to do a corporate. And I did a... Um, uh, uh, an event, an hour for the Minnesota Valley Association of Early Childhood Educators. These are all people that um, do home daycare. Yeah. And we met in a park in Mankato, uh, Sibley Park, if you're familiar. I did not realize the proximity I was going to have to the train tracks <laughs> or the frequency of the said trains coming through during my set. And seriously, like I'm trying to build tension, come up to a punchline, and then you can hear the train. Awesome. There were birds flying at me during my set. Well, it sounds like you got some material, right? Exactly. Like, thankfully, you can see how bad, now that it's humid, my hair is so curly. Like, they would have nested in my hair if the birds had gotten me. But yeah, no, starting to, but the, the crowds have been great. The crowds have really been great. And the people that are there seem very respectful. They're wearing the masks, they're doing the right stuff. So, yeah, it's been good. They're on their best behavior for the most part, from what I can tell. I am in the process of buying another car yet today or tomorrow. I'm buying it from the company that Doug works for. It's Walzer Corporation. I have now purchased how many dozens of cars? I, for- you're in double digits, I think. You're not, you haven't caught have- me yet, but I've been, I've been there since the 80s off and on. So. Well, okay, so my daughter needs a car. Anyway, I find a 2006 Honda Civic, uh, sign in the paperwork tomorrow, uh, crossing my fingers. My daughter, I think, thinks she is in a bumper car most days. So we're going to have to kind of watch out and see how long this one lasts. We're going to have her on the show one of these days. You need to meet my daughter. She's whacked. I would love to meet her. Uh, PJ, what are you doing in there? Hanging out, listening to the show. So 2006, I like that because yeah. you're not going to invest too much, right? <laughs> No, she's, she's she's slightly accident prone, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you know, I have four kids of my own. Two, uh, they're all time shared. I have two bio kids and then two step kids, and they're twenty two to soon to be eighteen. So I, I've I've lived this. Okay. Um, the good news, you get the call, um, Dad. The cops are coming, but I took pictures <laughs> and I gave them my insurance information. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel you, brother. I know what you're going through. How uh, many accidents? How many accidents between the two of you, Doug and Moon, with the kids? Do you think total? I've had zero. I've had zero so far with my one child. Uh, Danielle had an accident. Yeah, both of my I, girls had one accident. My daughters had two and a half, <laughs> if you can count them in the halfsies. And then uh, my son, so far, so good. Uh, my first son uh, had a lot of them with a Corolla. Oh my God. It looked like he was at a demo derby. Really? You know, it didn't look much more like a Corolla anymore. 
you know, another thing I wanted to ask you, car guy, what about electric cars? Have you ever driven one? Yeah, I have, you know, and it, it's really interesting. Uh, the early ones were built, other than the hot rod Teslas, were really built for the tree hugger environmentalists. The Nissan Leaf's a good example. It drives like a golf cart. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not particularly inspiring. The manufacturers now, and the, the U.S. manufacturers in particular, are building some really, really cool stuff. Oddly enough, this has become a political issue for some reason, where a lot there are people who are politically conservative that think this is a big plot and that you know electric cars are terrible. Ford, of all the manufacturers, seem to be doing the best job breaking the walls down. They first came out with a, the Mustang E, which is a, looks like a crossover, so all the Mustang purists hate it. I think it started at forty-five grand, zero to sixty in four seconds, three hundred miles worth of range, haul a lot of people, pretty cool. And then this week, they just announced their electric, all-electric F-150 pickup truck, which is going to start at forty grand, all wheel drive. Uh, so I'm a fan. I, I'm in a, I'm a wait for it fan. I'll probably be driving electric cars, but not for another five or six years. In all of our lifetimes, and and pretty soon, you won't be able to buy an internal combustion brand new car. General Motors has announced they'll go all electric by 2035. Volvo, Jaguar, and a couple other of the high end ones are in the next three years. They're they're not going to sell gas powered cars anymore. It'll be all electric. Ford so. says 40 percent of all their global sales. 2030 that's it so we're all going to have to have charging stations you know yeah no so it's a, it's just a change in technology and i think battery technology will continue to get better on social media people are like oh this is terrible it's like are you guys related to the whale oil salespeople of the 19th century because that's what you all sound like Things great change. reference progress always goes forward it doesn't we don't progress in a rearward direction we're not right. going to have coal-powered steam cars in the near future. Um, so just... Why not? Let's be an innovator. Let's make a car for everybody that hates new technology. Like, it just burns on wood. Just I'm not burning. the biggest Jay Leno fan in terms of his comedy. I mean, he's okay, but he's got a killer car collection. Oh, yes, and years ago, he was driving around L.A. in a Stanley steamer, and I thought, how badass is that? Yeah. <laughs> we were out in L.A. at a stop sign, and literally a car pulled up next to us, it was Jay Leno and he just waved and it was like no big deal. I guess he, he does it all the time out. There. Did you try to drag race Jay Leno or did you just like let him pass? You're like, he's going to win. The only other story I have that's kind of like that is a, is a Buffett story. Of course okay. I'm in Wisconsin uh, with P jug and we see Jackson Brown open for Jimmy Buffett. Wow. It was absolutely fantastic show. Mm -hmm. well, it was when you're in the disability section I always leave three songs early because it takes me a while to get the wheelchair loaded up and all that. And so we're driving, you know, three songs early out of the venue and I crash the wheelchair and I tip out and I go face first. Oh, uh, eventually I drag my bloody elbows and knees back into the chair. I get all loaded in, blah, blah, blah. And as we're getting ready to leave, uh, those three songs we had already played and I noticed an Escalade drive by. And then I noticed two cop cars, lights off, drive by. Then I saw another Escalade and I thought, for the love of God, that's Buffett. I pulled my minivan mm -hmm. into their uh, entourage and I was a part of Jimmy's uh, trip back to Milwaukee to the airport. And I did it just for nothing. 
That's some low key. That's some low key passive aggressive stalking. Oh, just gonna merge yeah. in and just Isn't not that, leave. That was the same uh, venue. Have you ever been to that venue outside of uh, Milwaukee? Oh God, what's the name of it? Do you mean Alpine Valley? I do mean Alpine Valley. Mm-hmm. You said Stevie Ray Vaughan got killed there, right, Doug? Yes. Well, yeah, he got killed wild. leaving there. He didn't get killed wow. at Alpine Valley. Let's be clear. He didn't get murdered. I'm not a big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, but I know that'll get me in trouble. But I gotta go. Oh, 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 oh my God, he's walking out of the room. I'm so mad. Sorry. I get that a lot from anybody who's like a guitar purist. They're like, Stevie Ray Vaughan was the best. I'm like, the best. This happened at uh, Alpine Valley. Uh, when you have wheelchair seating, sometimes they'll put you pretty close to the stage, first several rows, and you can go in as far as you want in the handicapped accessible row, if you have a, you know, a seat or whatever. And so we get there and we think, wow, let's get as close to center stage as we can. So we go all the way to the end of the row. Well, that's great until you got to pee. Now you've got to hook it back through that row of roll of walkers and people that can't stand up. They're all trashed. You're trying to get through the handicap mm-hmm. row uh, at night. Okay. When the music's very loud. And a drunk guy pulls in front of you and will not allow you to use the facility. This happened to me. A guy blocked me as I'm trying to get out to the bathroom. And I told him, I said, dude, excuse me. He's like, I'm not moving. And I said, if you don't, I'm going to take my cane and I'm going to whack you. Right? (laughs) Right? And he didn't. So I I whacked this guy, right? And the next thing you know, I am in a fight at a handicapped uh, row. At a Jimmy Buffett show, 10 guys going for it. The guy that had accompanied us to the show ended up beating the other guy up. I don't know. None of us ended up getting ejected, which was nice. But there you go. Go to Alpine Valley, see it, do it all. I had a friend who got in a road rage incident with a guy with one arm and he got the shit, the crap beat out of him. Um, (laughs) With one arm? I love it. One arm and he beats you up and he goes, it was a huge arm. Was it the drummer from Def Leppard? No. No, no and it wasn't the drummer from uh, Loudermilk. I don't know if you're a fan of um, IFL. I have no idea what it is. You can bleep it. I fucking love science. Okay. okay. And so they just have weird science stories. Okay. So there was this guy who uh, lives in a big city. He parked his car in an underground uh, garage and he had gone for a while. Doesn't have to use it all the time because he lives in the city. He goes down to his car. And apparently a dove had decided to nest on his windshield, created a nest sitting right there, right by the windshield wipers. And the guy was like, you know, kind of a nice animal dude and was like trying to coax the bird out, tried to talk to the bird, whatever, looks the kind of bird up, takes a picture, looks it up online, realizes it's a dove. So the guy just says, hey, you know what? I'll move the car a little bit. Maybe the bird will get out of the nest and then I can clean the nest off and whatever. So the bird does, the bird leaves. And then he realizes that the, the bird has laid an egg in the nest. And like I said, the important part about being a dove, now that the, this is a dove that is protected by law, and now that it's laid an egg on the car, he cannot move it. So his car is essentially a tree. He cannot move or remove the nest 
until the egg hatches. How long will it take? It hasn't happened yet, but it's very popular on TikTok. And now he's made little signs and he's warned all the other, you know, people in the garage, stay away from the bird. It's nesting and it's federally protected. Sounds like when doves cry. That's yeah. Uh, Sorry. You set it up. I did. I did set it up. You nailed that. I realized I've never taken an Uber. We were talking about Ubers today. I've never, ever taken a ride share service, not a Lyft, nothing. Now, am I missing out on something? Well, as a former taxi driver and somebody who drove Uber for three months a couple of years ago because I thought I was dying of colon cancer, I can answer all your Uber questions. That's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing today is really dark. <laughs> It's so you were true. dying of colon cancer and you thought, I'm just going well, to really yeah. happened. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, tell, I had to have my story. second one. Clarify. And those of us that have had their first, the doctor says, hey, they have this new thing. And you've seen ads for it. I don't want to name the product on the podcast, but you just go in a box and you send it off and ah, you don't mm-hmm. have to have the deal. I'm like, well, this is great. I get a phone call and it says, yeah, we need to schedule you for a colonoscopy. And I said, no, you got this all wrong. Um, I just did the test mm-hmm. um and they said yeah that's why we need to schedule it because it came back positive I'm like oh crap oh no well how so when can i get the test now this is the week before christmas well we have some openings in may and i said um any way we could speed this up just a little bit because may seems like i'll probably be dead by then well could you drive to saint paul <laughs> i'll drive to moscow if necessary yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay we can get you in in like the middle of march so I, I, I told my wife, but I didn't tell anybody else. And I try not to be a hypochondriac, but when you look up stuff on the internet, you're going to die of a whole bunch of diseases at any given moment. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I, and it, it was a slow time for me at work. And I thought, yeah. I got to do something to get out of the house or I'm going to go absolutely stir crazy. I drove taxi when I was in college. It was kind of fun until I got stuffed in a trunk and robbed at gunpoint. But that's another story. So I drove Uber for three months and it was really, it was really interesting. It was a lot of the good things I remember about the taxi experience without the bad things. Because in the Uber world, you kind of know who the driver is. They have to be a real person. Uh, And as a driver, the person who takes the Uber has some sort of a credit history, a credit card, so on and so forth. The problem with taxis is anybody can walk up off the street and jump in the back seat and, and, you know, possibly uh-huh. do horrible things. I was not interested in experiencing that. So I, I, I re- actually enjoyed it. There was a lot of things about Uber I thought were really good. I don't like their pricing as a customer uh, because they, you know, rather than flat rate it, they have these surge prices and people get really pissed off about that. Uh-huh. And Uber doesn't always share that surge money with the drivers. So it's, it's not a great business model, but oh, they keep know. that. Mo- they keep that money. A lot of the surge money stays with Uber, and we think that some of the <clears throat> tip money stays with Uber. If you want to piss off an Uber driver, say the following as you're getting out of the car: "I will tip you in the app." Ninety percent of the people don't. <laughs> if you oh, if, if you wow. want to have a great Uber experience and, and get a five star rating as a passenger, and I'll tell you why that's important. Just flip them a five. It doesn't matter what it is. And the the reason you want a five-star rating is when it's really busy and there's more potential customers than there are drivers. As a driver, you can see what the person's rating is. And don't use a stupid name either. I mean, there's some people that use curse names for their rider name. 
um, and they've got a 3.0 rating. Yeah, you're not going to get a ride. <laughs> what was your favorite Uber name? What's your favorite one? There was one gal, and I think she was a professional woman. And it was like love to love you, sixty six or something like that. I'm like, are you serious? Are you sure it was sixty six? Was sixty nine already taken? Yeah, it would be difficult. I think with the wheelchair thing, but there are some Ubers in some communities that accommodate that. Hey, Doug, <laughs> um, what about the colonoscopy? Let's get back to that. Well, it was so when they did it, it's like you're fine. I'm like, okay, thanks. Oh. So it turns out that this test that they advertise on TV that I don't name. Uh, has a false uh, positive rating of about 12%, which is pretty high because a colonoscopy is like 99.9% accurate. Mm -hmm. And and the more scary thing is it also has a similar false negative thing. And those are people that actually have it and they take this test and they don't realize they have it. And and, and not to get super morbid, but the problem with with colon cancer is by the time you're symptomatic, you're at the end of the road. I had the same test that you did. Oh, you did? Okay. A couple times, yeah. Oh, it's a joy. I'm going to do one this week. I try to get one once a week. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, you know, be in there. Do you know Love to Love You 60? Never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. But I mean, I'm going to be going anyway. So box it up. Did your doctor ever just say, like, stop sending us your poo? Just stop. <laughs> You're fine. You, we already checked you. Yeah. <laughs> Lay off the corn. Call me. Ew. Uh, Ew. Uh, yeah. You guys started it. Moon P. Jug and Hobbs and Doug Sprinthal. I send him this random text message. He hadn't heard from me in a bit. Don't forget, podcast at my house, four o'clock. And then what kind of how, how did you respond to well, that? Well, I responded. I said, I think you have me confused with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I come on, I said, No, that was a moon invitation. Right? A moon vacation. Yeah. So anyway, I said, what are, so what are you doing tomorrow? Like four. I'm getting text messages and emails for the next 12 hours. What kind of a mic do you have? Do you know how to use headphones? I said, dude, I know how to do this. No, really? <laughs> he did that? I wonder why Moon had so many questions about that. You know, technically, we've been kind of inept. When this thing first started, I mean, we were scattered all over the place. We didn't even know who was going to even be on the show. And it, it kind of still is interchangeable. That's the thing that's nice. Like uh, Hobbs last week was out. Birthday, how was it? It was great. I ate like I ate like you, Moon. There was a huge platter. <laughs> there was a huge platter of seafood, and I ate. I destroyed it. I got some houdat sauce from the south. I brought back from Florida. Oh, my God. You want to talk about seafood? Put that stuff on. It's like crack. Houdat. Houdat. From the Houdat Nation. Is going to college necessary in life? I did not go. My uh, eldest son went. My second son went. My daughter started going, and now she's probably going to end up going back. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, is it really necessary to be able to make a living right now? All I ever hear about is you can't hire enough employees. There's nobody out there to work. And I'm thinking, how could that be when our unemployment's still that high? I don't know, Doug, how does it work? It's a subject that hits close to home. So as I told you, I've got four kids. One is done with college. Uh, my son 
did not do very well with remote learning, so he's out for a while. My daughter, who is just a rock star student, has decided to go to the University of London, and we're trying to figure out how to pay for wow. that. <laughs> well, you know, she, and she deserves it. She's worked really hard. She checks all the boxes. I mean, she's super smart. I, it'll be interesting to see where they all go, but I think that's really the answer to the question is, you don't know what life holds for somebody who's 20 or 21 or 22. And so as a parent, your job, I think, is to give them options and make them feel confident and see where they see where it takes them. And, you know, the college is a big part of the American experience. You could argue that after World War II, when they came out with the GI Bill, I, I heard a podcast about this. It was really interesting. So they thought that the GI Bill would be people. Uh, it was designed to start businesses and to buy first homes and stuff. But the GIs got back and they all went to college. And it's like, wow, this is crazy. So it really was, it helped to build America. I, I think that rightly so, that's not the only path to success in this country. You just don't know where a 20-year-old kid is going to be when they're 35 or, you know, doing podcasts from their basement in their 60s. I mean, you can't predict that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you did there. Had to go there, didn't you? Well, there's two of us in that club, just so you know. <laughs> I didn't go to college. My brother did. He was a straight-A student. Uh, wasn't valedictorian of his class, but did well enough to get a full-ride scholarship. Good for him. My sister wow. also got some grants and scholarships, and she went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and she studied dietetics, right? She was going to do, like, food service stuff or large hospital operations and stuff like that. And then there was me, the radio nerd, uh, who didn't know how to do anything but talk. One time my mom was on a life support in Colorado. She hadn't spoken in days and I'd been there trying to be there for her and just sitting in the room. And the very first words when they took the tube out of her throat was, don't you ever shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that poor woman is just been stifling the whole time. Right. <laughs> for the love of God. It's one of the things I hate about Dennis, by the way. How was your weekend? And then yeah, they you're not hands that funny. Your Shut up. Yeah. Just give me the gas. Do you know that when I was in Houston, you know, they give you those, uh, you know, the gas masks uh, for nitrous oxide. Those things are made out of a pretty resilient form of rubber. When I get to going on one of those things, I actually took such a big hit. I bent mine completely inside out. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Just like you were huffing paint back in the day, right? <laughs> exactly. The next time you go in and you're going under nitrous, I want you to try to hit it so hard <laughs> that you bend it inside out. Well, you probably <laughs> shouldn't tell this story, but as an undergraduate at McAllister over in St. Paul, I had a friend who was into psych experiments on rats and had access to tanks of nitrous oxide. And occasionally <laughs> we had parties and just to cut to the chase, if you fill up what's basically a garbage bag with nitrous oxide and you're a 350 pound lineman and try to do the whole thing, you will pass out and fall over on the rail thin six, 360 pound guitar player waiting for their turn. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a lot in this podcast. Yes, we have. The Friends Reunion. Oh God, there's Tom Bernard. He always texts. He's a stalker. I just, I blocked the phone <laughs> number. I'm like, Tommy, leave me alone. I'm not interested. It's all there. more me now. Blah, blah, blah. Wow. I love how the attitude changes when you get onto an ancillary podcast. <laughs> like right. a lesser, a lesser famous podcast. I'll tell you a quick story. So because I do, I've done so much stuff with him. 
people always ask me, so what's he really like? And I just started messing with people a few years ago. And I said, you know, we're not actually friends. It's all BS. And he's, like, <laughs> he's really a big a-hole. And they're like, really? <laughs> Do you know it was actually one of those anniversary things on uh, Facebook? You, I, and Tom Bernard at Lilo in uh, Bloomington, I believe was the name of the restaurant. Yep. Leela, I think. Yeah, Leela, is that what it is? Okay. I don't know if it's there anymore. It was a French restaurant forever when it was the Sofitel. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, that place. Oh, yeah. that place. Great the, restaurant. The, the, more, of Amer- more of American food now, but mm-hmm. really, really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah so okay. we just met there two years ago. And, you know, I try to get a hold of Tom to be on this podcast. It was his idea in the first place, right? Because I was just sitting on my butt and enjoying that. And then all of a sudden, Doug comes knocking on my garage room door. When I got a, a stogie burning, it's like 15 below zero. 72 in the Casa del Moonski garage. Okay, I got one burning. The next <laughs> thing you know, Doug says, hey, I talked to Tom. He says, uh, he does Monday through Thursday. You want to do a Friday thing on his network? And I'm like, God, that sounds like fun. And so I reached out and thanked Tom and didn't hear back. Then I call, <laughs> still waiting. He's just calling you back now. That's that what was it. <laughs> he just returned the call. No, yeah. actually, you know, I thought that was just a perfect deal for both of you. I could tell you were just bored. I mean, Minnesota winters <laughs> are hard enough. And he, he throttled back to four days a week. I said, this would be perfect because his audience is probably some overlap, but slightly different than yours and vice versa. I was really hoping you'd put something together that was good, but... <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Officer down. Doug, you're actually on uh, with Tom every Thursday on car selling secrets. And you always start your question uh, out uh, of the guest of what was the first car that you ever drove? I had a Datsun 280ZX 2 plus 2 with a straight six. My old man, he loved that car and he would like have it for sale but he would always put things two to $3,000 over Kelly blue book. I don't need to sell it. It's paid for. And he just kept moving, you know, that direction. And since he would always price it like extremely high, I got to drive it for like three years. Nice. And he eventually did sell it, but it was really a great car, except for the fact that um, I think the electronics and the, uh, the electrical work was done by squirrels. Other than that, (laughs) yeah, little tiny hands. I went through more alternators in that thing. There's a website called carcomplaints.com. Love it. You put the make and model year of your car in. It gives you the uh, standard list of problems in each model year of car. I uh, bought a 2005 Toyota 4Runner. I looked on carcomplaints.com and they're bulletproof mechanically, but damn it, Tom. So anyway... <laughs> He's correcting you. He's listening yeah. live. He's, he, we can't see him, but he's here. And he's like, don't talk about that. He's That's rolling his tomorrow. eyes like, what the hell? He's ruining my train of thought. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what hard to do. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Uh, so where was I? Carcomplaints.com. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the 2005 Toyota 4Runner has these rust issues that come uh, from a, a molding around the rear windshield. And I looked at this car before we bought it. There was no rust. A week after we got it, here she comes. They covered that up. You know, that's why I've never bought another car from Luther. They're just notorious for that sort of (laughs) miscreant behavior. 
Oh. I'm kidding. Tell you a funny story about David Luther, who is the son of Rudy, who started it and now runs the company. He's a very religious guy, goes to Bible studies, just a great person that donates a lot of money to charity. There's nothing not to like about him. But we, uh, 10 years ago in the recession, we had some ad campaign that it was my idea, and I can't remember what it was, but Paul Walzer comes into my office with a big smile on his face. I said, what's up, boss? And he goes, got the weirdest call from David. He did not like the campaign. I've never had anybody quote Bible verses to me and swear at me at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So David, if you're listening, sorry, pal. (laughs) That's the only way to quote Bible verses. Maybe it is. I'm Irish. That's, That's exactly... Don't use the Lord's name in vain. God damn it. There we go. Oh, that quote. Oh, yeah. You heard that here on Moon P. Jug and Hobbs. How many people have a wedding to go to this summer? Anybody? Anybody? I was supposed to go to a wedding this weekend. And uh, but they because of COVID and everything, they are. I think this is brilliant. What they did was they uh, ordered or rented an Airbnb for four days. They're going to have the event at the Airbnb. They can cater everything themselves and they're going to do it on a Zoom. Sweet. It's going oh, wow. to cost like fifteen hundred bucks. Nice. Wow. wow. That's the way awesome. to do it. I got a survey by Credit Karma and they say 20 percent of people have actually gone into debt because of all the weddings in a single summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get a lot of these destination weddings. I've never been to a destination wedding. I'm going to have to turn that off. Tommy, knock it off. It's not funny. It's You know what? It's time for him to submit his stool sample. That's his yeah, reminder. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's stool time. That's good, huh? Thanks, Hobbs. It makes yeah. a difference, Tiffany. What was the name of that new wedding venue that we were supposed to go see the other day in Cannon Falls? It's Woodhaven. It's okay. a brand new venue. It's an event center. It just oh, cool. opened. They just had um, their open house last week. So are you getting remarried, P. Jug? We did talk about no. renewing our vows because our fifth is coming up here on uh, November 25th of this year. That can't be. Five years already? Yeah, five um... years. Now, we've been together for like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to commit. And nor should she should have. <laughs> Does any of that make sense? I think you couldn't close the deal. I think that's what yeah. it was. Wow. I think I think I heard I think I heard your side of the story. I never really heard P Jug's side of the story. One of the things I've always had a knack for is uh, getting involved with women that are much better looking than I. When you're out at night at a club or something, sometimes you'll see a couple, and one of the couple is just striking, mm-hmm. and the other one's just god awful. Have you ever noticed that? That's something that absolutely happens, but not to you. You you are not no. No, I, I always you're you're that. a ha- you're you're a handsome guy. I know Doug's wife. She's striking. You guys are. Uh, she is much shorter than you. I didn't know she was short when I met her. <laughs> was she was she, was she on a stage when you met her? Or? No. Well, pretty much. Yeah, actually, we were doing a one-off benefit for a buddy for a special needs kid, and you know, I'm close to six four still, and she's four eleven, but wears heels all the time, so she's like five two. We do do a lot of stuff together. We're not a great dance team, however. It just looks weird. It looks like somebody's going to scoop somebody and throw them in the back of a van. <laughs> like you're dancing. Like you're the chaperone at right. the junior high dance. That's right. Do people come up to you when you're out and about and ask her if she feels safe? She works at a church. Yeah, she works at the, the big Catholic church in Hastings. So I married the church lady. 
Which one? And, Which one in Hastings? At St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. They had two Catholic oh. churches down there for years, the Irish and the German one. Then they yep. decided to like, let's make one great big one. So they have like 10,000 members or something crazy like that. Have you ever been to the St. Paul Cathedral? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Is that one of the most beautiful and striking things in the world? Yeah, I'm an Episcopalian, and, but I will give the Catholics. They got the whole pomp and circumstance and building thing down. <laughs> yeah. It's nailed. For Whether sure. it's the Basilica or actually my favorite one, she sang at a wedding there, is a little one over kind of behind Nyes and short side of southeast Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It's called Lady of Lords. It's like it, it looks like a French cathedral from the 19th oh. century. Is it's it Lourdes, like L-O-U-R-D-E-S? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like named after Lourdes in yep. France. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I've been to Lourdes. Lourdes in France, where the wall is that you can get healed. Moon, really? we should go there. Yeah. I gotta live there. They have a wall there. Apparently, it's it's built underneath a, or next to a, um, uh, I always forget, convent. I always want to call yep. it a nunnery. It's a convent. And someone saw the appearance of Mary Magdalene. And so now everybody, and there's water that falls down. And so everybody goes, but I'm telling you, Moon, 10, 15,000 people a day yeah, go to just touch this wall where the water comes down to be, and they, and they believe that they're going to be healed. And I know that you talk a lot about your handicap accessibility and all that stuff. It, there are literally people on gurneys that they are bringing through wow. to touch it. It's, it's, it is crazy. God, it's been but, a long time since I've been on a good gurney ride. <laughs> good gurney ride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Never mind. You're going straight to hell. <laughs> I, save you. I, I can tell you this. This happened in Florida like a year and a half ago. Honest to God. Okay. So I had a couple of things help I go wrong. I was seriously wrong. And the next thing you know, I got to go out in an ambulance. Okay. So I get in the ambulance. And as I look down uh, at this uh, EMT, I notice his name badge. And he looks at me and he says, are you Larry Thompson? And I go, yeah. And I look at his name badge and it's my name, right? So I'm scared <laughs> and I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. Can we do a selfie, right? And so we did a selfie at the back of the ambulance. In a gurney. And on a gurney. <laughs> oh, boy. Quick church story. Mazatlan, Mexico, went there on a cruise. Oh my God, uh, we always would stagger about through the marketplaces and try to cause trouble. Uh, when I first got there, I saw an antenna on a building. I thought it's a radio station. Let's go check it out. So I go there and the doors are wide open and I just go walking right in and there's a dude on the air in there and he thought I was gonna like try to take over the place. And I don't know if he was armed or not, but he was very startled. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> right? I'm like, me talkie, I talkie. <laughs> me talkie? I talkie. Me talkie? What? That sounds like you're trying to do an Asian impression. Anything, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not making fun. Okay, yeah, go on. So I'm talkie on Mikey, right? I do what you do. And I got on his on his website, oh right? So I got on top of his computer and I type in ks95.com. There's a picture of me at a radio station. Yeah. Then he put that together that yeah. I did the exact same job as he did. Uh-huh. Right? And then all of a sudden he was more at peace with himself, which was good because he was terribly startled. 
And uh, <laughs> yeah, he needed to get at peace with himself because it was clearly his fault. And I said, dude, can I do a couple of rounds of like, uh, you know, some bits? Can I do some bits? And he's like, he didn't understand. So eventually we were asked to leave. <laughs> you know, when speaking to somebody who doesn't speak English, it helps to talk louder. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Say it louder and just slower. Right. Yeah. Louder and slower. <laughs> Me talking. I was in Barcelona, Spain, covering the Olympics for Pepsi-Cola. It was on a radio station in Denver. So it was cool because I could get up and do the afternoon show in Spain. But it was actually morning drive in Colorado. And so we would go out at night. We'd party. We wouldn't even go to the events. We were supposed to explain what each of these Olympic events were like. And what we would do is we would just read the uh, the. Uh, AP copy, right? About who won and how exciting it was and all the vibrant colors and the sounds of other countries. And you know, who can forget the time? Who yeah. at Pepsi thought that it was a good idea to send you to Barcelona to talk about intergalactic sporting events? How much pot do they smoke there? By the way, Doug, just so you know, a little radio inside, um, almost everybody I know in radio was invited by Pepsi to go to that particular Olympics. Our good friend Shannon Paul has a poster, a commemorative poster, which I just saw last weekend of her trip there. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. This is the way to get people to drink pop. That's right. We'll send a bunch of Alkies out to Spain. (laughs) So back to your taxi driving days. So we're in Barcelona and we give the uh, driver of the car uh, our business car to the hotel we're staying at because we don't know how to explain where we are. We don't speak the lingo. What? Your Spanish isn't good? Okay. Spanish is good, right? So anyway, we give the business card to the dude and he starts driving. And uh, so my, my buddy and I, who had, there was some beverages involved. We no. decided it might be fun to start doing uh, yo mama jokes about this driver, right? Oh my God. <laughs> so we start doing yo mama jokes. You're doing the right. dozens to a cab driver in Spain? What are you, right. mental? And so when we pull up in front of the hotel, yes, uh, you know, we hand him our money and stuff, and he says, Thanks a lot, guys. He understood everything we were saying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Because you don't speak someone's language doesn't mean they don't speak yours. Yo, mama's so fat. Her blood type is ragu. It's time to end the podcast. It's time to shut off the mics. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. You need to share this podcast with friends in cars or bikes. It's time to end the podcast and get a thousand likes. Why do you always listen? I guess we'll never know. A fat guy in a wheelchair. What the does he know? It's time to end the podcast. It's time to get some likes. Go to your computer, type it in, and you're going to win. We are out of lyrics in Boopy Jug and Hobbs.